0: Amen. It's so good to be with you again today. I want to again say thank you to our worship team for coming out and making this possible. I want to say thank you to all of our media team, those that are behind cameras and those that are behind soundboards today, making this happen today. It's an incredible thing that God is doing. It's uh, not how we want it, but it's just how it is right now. And I can't think of a better group of people that I would rather do this with than these people that are in this room right now. And I'm so thankful. So if you're at home today, I just want to go into God's word and I want to deliver a word to you that I think is going to encourage you in this time. And I think if you'll lean in to what God has to say to you today, then this could strengthen you and get you through maybe a few more days, maybe even another week, maybe more than a week. But I believe that God has something really special to declare over your life today. I'm going to go to Psalm 95, and I'm going to read a few verses in Psalm 95, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today, so you can follow me if you want to. I would love for you to follow me. Psalm 95, I'm going to start in verse 1. This is what the Bible says. It says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. He holds in His hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to Him, for He made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people that he watches over. We are the flock under his care. If you would only listen to his voice today and do not harden your heart. I want to pray one more time. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that is stronger than anything we are going through. Thank you for your word that has stood the test of time. Thank you for your word that speaks to us in our current situation. It is so relevant for us today, and its revelation can change our lives. We give you glory and honor for everything you're going to say to us over these next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. I love worship. I love to worship. I like to think that I'm a person that has a lot of rhythm, but I don't know if that's true. My my wife kind of looks at me funny when I dance, but I've always thought I was a pretty good dancer. Matter of fact, when I was younger, my brother and I, we uh had a had a group and uh we would sing and we would dance. This is before we both were playing instruments. We would put Carmen albums on, and we would come up with dances for the Carmen albums, and then we would buy the soundtracks, and we would actually perform the soundtracks to Carmen songs, like Addicted to Jesus and all that stuff that some of the teenagers right now are like, what is this guy even talking about? But Carmen was the deal, and we loved Carmen. But I've always been a person who loves to worship. I love worship because the thing that worship does is Worship creates an atmosphere that invites the presence of God. But more than that, it changes me. And it will keep us from growing cold. It will keep us from, during this time, having hearts that get hard towards the Lord. Because when we are going through things we don't understand, we need hearts that remain soft and tender towards God. And when we worship God, we create an atmosphere that invites His presence and it changes us because it creates an environment of just a few things that I want to talk to you about today. The first environment I believe that worship creates is an environment of recovery. Worship robs fear, discouragement, depression, heaviness, failure, and despair of its power Psalm 30 and 11 says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and you have clothed me with joy. Isaiah 61 and 3 says he will give us beauty for ashes. He will bless us instead of mourning. He will give us praise for despair. says that he will give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I love this story in Luke chapter 24. It's of Jesus as he's getting ready to leave the earth and he's speaking to his disciples and the Bible says in Luke 24 that he blesses his disciples and he's getting ready, ready to leave them and they're obviously sad because they, they sense that he is going away and as, he is, as he's getting ready to depart, the Bible says in Luke 24, it says he leads them out to the vicinity of Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them and while he was blessing them, He left them and was taken up to heaven. Then, the Bible says, they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This is an incredible story because Jesus, the Bible says, takes them to Bethany. The word Bethany means house of figs. Other translations say it means house of misery. Bethany was known as a city for the sick, a city for the rejected, And the Bible says that Jesus takes them to a place of misery. And while they are in misery, they begin to worship. And while they are in the middle of misery, they find their joy. And I don't know what you're feeling today, but I can't imagine that you're feeling great about the situation we're in. But I'm telling you, even in a place called Bethany, even in a place called misery, you can find your joy if you will just worship God. They found their joy at Bethany. I believe that in this time that God is going to cause you to find your joy, to find your peace, to find your strength. Psalm 89 and 15 says that blessed are the people who know the joyful sound who live in the light of your presence. We need to fill our homes with the joyful sound. We need to fill our homes with sounds of praise and sounds of worship, songs of praise and songs of worship. We need to be really careful what we're watching and what we're listening to in this season because our lives need joy. Our hearts need to be flooded with the presence of God and the light of God. And worship creates an atmosphere of recovery. It creates an atmosphere where we feel like what we lost, we're gonna get back. I don't know when it's coming back, but I'm telling you, By the Spirit of God, it is coming back. Worship also creates this. It creates an atmosphere of victory. Multiple times in the Old Testament, God instructed his leaders to send worshipers in front of the army, and they would shout things like this in 2 Chronicles 20. They would say things like this, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever forever that god is good and his kindness is everlasting one time in chronicles they were praying and they were singing and they were having such a glorious time worshiping god that the bible says that the presence of god came and it filled the place like a cloud Wouldn't you love that for in the middle of everything that's going on right now for the presence of God to fill your home, to fill your heart, to fill your children's bedrooms, to to fill your, your living room and your kitchen, the atmosphere in your home. Don't you need it? I need it so bad right now. I need the presence of God and I need to sense the victory of God. I feel like in this time that God has been speaking this same verse over and over to me in Colossians 2 and 15 where the Bible says that that Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. I believe that during this time, God wants to make a public spectacle of your enemy. God wants to disarm this disease and sickness and God wants to show us that he has power over sickness, power over death, power over everything that tries to exalt its name against the knowledge of God. You see, you've got two choices when you're in quarantine. And we haven't been there very long, but man, I feel like I've been there a minute But we've got two choices while we're in this season of life. We can complain or we can learn. The psalmist David, he decided that while he was in a place where he felt isolated, where he felt quarantined, the Bible teaches us that he was out in the fields taking care of the sheep. It, It was the worst possible job you could have in the home was to take care of the sheep. And here David is because he is thought of as the least in the home. He's thought of, least in the home, I know this, because he doesn't even get invited when the prophet says he's going to anoint a king from Jesse's house. Jesse doesn't even invite David. So David is out in the field, and the Bible teaches us that David, while he is in the field, while he is in quarantine, while he is in isolation, he doesn't complain, but he learns how to do a couple things. One of them is worship. David learns how to worship when nobody is looking. David learns how to worship when he's not in the sanctuary. David learns how to worship when there isn't a band playing behind him. David learns how to worship when he's all by himself and nobody else is around. When it doesn't seem to matter, when it doesn't feel like anybody is listening, that's when you need to worship. I'm telling you, even now, you can fill your home with the presence of God if you will make a decision to worship in your house. He also learned how to fight. David learned how to fight in the darkness. David learned how to push back the the enemy in the darkness. There came a time in David's life where he was actually called to serve the king and sing for the king because the king was was being tormented by an evil spirit. And the Bible says that David could play and he could sing and the darkness would leave Saul. And the reason David was able to do that for Saul was because David had already done it for himself. David had already pushed back the darkness in his own life. I'm telling you, God is trying to teach you in this season how to worship and how to fight, how to push back the darkness, how to push against the enemy who feels, who maybe makes you feel like you are not victorious. But worship will create an atmosphere of victory. You can fight. You can sing. You can worship. Listen, you don't know how to fight just because you took a self-defense class. Real fights aren't choreographed. And this time that we're in, this is not choreographed. We don't know when this is going to end. We don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know how many people are going to be affected by this. But we do know this. If we won't complain, but we will worship, we will learn how to fight in this season. And we will come out of this stronger than we have ever been before. Resilience is something else that I feel like God is teaching us in this time. I think you're stronger than you think you are. I think you're more resilient than you think you are. I think you've got more bounce back in you than you think you do. I think you've got more recoil in you than you think you have. I remember when I was a kid, and I used to play with this toy. And uh, for some reason, there was a clown on on this thing. And I hated clowns, so uh, I, I loved to beat this thing up. But it had a weight in the bottom. And no matter how many times I punched this clown in the face, it kept popping up. And I'm telling you, in this time, I know you're going to get hit. I know many of you are going to struggle and and suffer during this time. It's just going to happen to many people. Already, people are losing jobs. Already, people are getting punched. Already, people are getting knocked down. But I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying to you today that you are more resilient than you think you are. There's more bounce back in you than you think you have. You might get knocked down, but you will rise again. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he doesn't stay there, he gets back up. And I believe that no matter what happens to you in the season, you are going to get back up. Third thing I think this, that we, the environment that we create in this time, we create an environment when we worship of healing. We create an environment of healing. The Bible says that the kingdom of God really is, is demonstrated by signs and wonders. Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 4, he says, he says his, his speech was not driven uh, by persuasive words or, or human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and in power. Man, when you begin to worship, you begin to create an atmosphere in your home, and the presence of God begins to fill whatever room you're in, whatever car you're in, wherever you find yourself, and the presence of God comes in. He's there to heal you, to to restore, and to set you free. When Jesus ministered, the Bible tells us that in Luke chapter 6, it tells us that multitudes clamored to touch him because healing power went out from him. I'm telling you, when the presence of God comes in a room, Anything is possible. Anything can happen. And when you worship, you invite his presence into the room and God can heal you and God can touch you and God can sustain you. And God can do something in your life because everything you need from him is in him. And when he comes into the room, that power that you need, that salvation that you need, that deliverance that you need, it's already in him power went out from him. And I just feel like during this time you're going to experience moments where power goes out of God and into you, into your home, into your family, into your life. I believe that with all of my heart. You will You will know in your home what kind of environment you're cultivating. You will know when, when healing breaks loose in your house and Miracles start to break loose in your house and your kids begin to sing songs of deliverance and they begin to pray for one another. I'm believing for times when you just are listening down and maybe your basement or you're listening into your kids rooms and your kids are in there praying back this sickness. Praying for people to be healed. Praying for your family to be delivered. Praying for your job to be sustained. Praying for God to find and help you discover other sources of income and praying for God's favor to be on your house. I believe that with all of my heart God when he shows up when he comes into the room he changes everything I love this verse in Ezekiel chapter 46 Ezekiel 46 and 9 it says this it says but when the people come in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals they must leave by the south gateway and those who entered through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but must always use the opposite gateway. (laughs) I love this because this is telling me that when I come in to worship God, when I make a decision to worship God, that I never leave the same way I came in. I'm believing this morning that as you are experiencing these these worship songs and as you're listening to this message that God is doing something in your life and you aren't going to end this broadcast the same way you walked into this broadcast. I believe that God is doing something even now. Maybe you just need to go ahead and throw your hands up in your room. Maybe you need to go ahead and put your hands together and give God some praise right now in your room because he is turning things around. I believe it. I believe another environment we create with worship is an environment of clarity. I think we need clarity more now than ever. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says that the king, Jehoshaphat, he, he needed a word from the Lord. He needed to hear from God. The Bible says that they were looking for a prophet, someone in the land who was in tune with what God was saying was hearing from heaven and God was speaking to them and the Bible says that someone spoke up and said there's there's a prophet that that the Lord is speaking to his name is Elisha he used to serve Elijah I believe that the word of the Lord is in his mouth well they go and they get Elisha and when when Elisha gets there the Bible says that Elisha because the situation is pretty overwhelming and they're looking at him like what's God saying what what's God saying and and, and he's a little confused. And the Bible says so. So he calls for someone who can play an instrument. And as soon as that person comes and begins to play the instrument, the Bible says that the hand of the Lord started to rest on Elisha. And he began to declare the word of God. I'm believing that during this time, as you worship, God's going to give you clarity for your family. God's going to give you strategy for your family. God's gonna give you ideas for your family. God wants to not only meet you in your home and meet you with his presence, but he also wants to sustain you with ideas. He wants to sustain you with clever thought, with imaginative ways to, to be able to make it through this. I believe that God wants to speak clarity. I believe that God wants to speak clearly into your life. I believe he loves you that much. And man, if you would just worship him, if you would just bow your heart before him, come, let us worship. He's our king. He's our maker. I know that this thing seems like it's running everything right now. It, it seems as if, as if COVID-19 is, is in control right now, but oh, he's not in control. In the same way, Jesus looked at Pilate and he said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself and I'll take it back of myself. This is not in control. This sickness is not in control. God, he is sovereign above all and he is in control. And he wants to speak clearly into your life to give you direction for you and your family. Oh, just worship him. Just give him praise. Just honor him. Don't let your heart be hardened during this season. Don't get to a place where, where, where you're, just, you're angry and you're frustrated I know it's easy to get there. Listen, it's only been a few days and I've been mad at my kids a few times and Monica and I haven't gotten along that great every single day. And we've wondered, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to sustain this? And we, we worry about the church and, and we worry about our kids and we worry about the, the, the couple, two or three thousand people that say Calvary Church is their home. We're, we're concerned. But I believe that God has given us clarity. I believe that God has given us a word that's going to sustain us. Through all of this, I believe it in Jesus' name. The last environment I think it creates is one of love. An environment of love. I'm telling you that when you worship, the presence of God comes in a room, you start to feel the love of God. It's one thing for somebody to say, God loves you. It's another thing to actually feel God's love surrounding you. It's another thing for you to feel the presence of God in the room to where you know, God, you are here And you are with me. And I think God wants to visit you in that way. Maybe it's been a long time since you felt God in your home. Maybe it's been a long time since you felt God in your prayer life. Maybe it's been a long time since you felt God while you were reading the Bible. Maybe it's been a while since you've really recognized that the presence of the Lord was really with you. And I believe that worship can create that atmosphere for you again. I believe that as you worship You will sense the love of God that loves you no matter what. This isn't happening to us because God doesn't love us. This is happening because we live in a fallen world. It's a part of living in a fallen world. There's disease, there's sickness. It rains on the just and the unjust. That just means that bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. That doesn't mean God doesn't love us. None of this means that God has abandoned us. I'm telling you, God is for us. And he is going to get glory out of this situation. And you are going to feel his his love over these next few weeks like you have never felt his love before. You are going to feel his nearness over these next few weeks like you have never felt before. And you're saying, but Robbie, my heart is broken. Good, because that means that God is nearer than he's ever been before. The Bible says that he's near the brokenhearted. I'm not happy that you're broken. But I want you to understand something. Just because you're broken doesn't mean you're abandoned. God, he is with you and he loves you. And watch this. If if God doesn't keep us from something, what does that mean? That means that God is going to give us the grace to walk through it. And he is empowering us right now. No matter who you are, where you are, God is empowering you right now to walk through this. And his love is coming near to you, and his presence is coming near to you. I want to read this scripture in Zephaniah chapter 3, one of my favorite verses of of all time. Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God, he is living among you. He is a mighty savior and he will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears and he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I believe right now that as you were singing in your home, that God was singing over you. And I believe more and more, not only are you going to hear your voice sing you're going to come into contact with and you're going to begin to hear even clearer the voice of the Lord singing over you. Maybe you're in your home right now. Maybe somebody's with you. Maybe you've never watched us before. Maybe somebody shared this link with you and you're watching us right now. And you say, Rob, I'm feeling some conviction right now. I'm I'm feeling like something is missing from my life right now. and, And I want, that atmosphere that you're talking about. I, I've lost some things and I want to recover those things. I need healing in my body and I, I want healing. I need love in my home and in my marriage and with my family. I want to I experience that. If that's you and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you feel far away from God, I want to pray with you right now and I'm gonna, I want to believe that in this moment that God is going to do something special and unique in your heart. He's going to touch you And you're gonna feel his presence even now. Maybe you could, maybe you, maybe you can sit still, but if you want to and you want to pray this prayer with me, maybe you could stand, maybe throw your hands up in the air, and just invite God's presence in like that. Just throw your hands up and, and pray this prayer with me. Repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that in this moment you have not forgotten me you are so close and you love me so much. God, I want to come near. I want to sense your presence. I want to feel your glory. I want to know you more. So I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, make sure you let us know. Go ahead and in the feed, wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening, type in and say, hey, that, that was for me. Maybe you've been watching this message today and you're like, a friend needs this. Go ahead and share it. Go ahead and make sure you get this out to the people in your, in your sphere of influence. Go ahead and let people know what God is speaking I'm so thankful for you church I am I am at a place where you know I, I don't like this at all I'm, I'm not comfortable with this at all it's, it's strange to preach to an empty room but I'm not really preaching to an empty room this room might be empty but your homes are full your homes are full of your children they're full of the people you love and Maybe today your home isn't full. Maybe your home is empty and it's just you and maybe your cat or maybe your dog. But I want you to know that no matter how full your home is, no matter how empty you feel your home is, we love you and we are for you. And we are here to help. We want you to reach out to us. Don't go through this alone. We are here. Our office hours are the same. Our staff, is still coming in and we are working hard. We've already given thousands of dollars into the community and all across the state. And we're gonna make an impact even in the world through this. And so I encourage you, if you're a part of Calvary Church and you can, keep giving, keep sowing into this ministry. God is using us already in incredible ways. You're leading the way, Calvary, in so many different ways. And I can't wait for you to see them all. I wanna thank you again for joining us. I want to thank you again for taking time to be with us today. I love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. And I'll see you very, very soon. God bless you.